Popheads, and welcome to the show. This is 3BZ Presents The Tomcast Popcast, and I am the titular Tom. Bonjour. This is issue 21, and that means we are officially legal. So it's time to crack open a beer and get ready for a good time. Please follow the show at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram and at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter. This is the pop culture podcast that knows the difference between Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. I promise that joke will make sense later. Tonight I am joined in the Tom Cave by incredibly... Well, he is a super friend and he's incredibly well-groomed. I'm joined by Roger Smith. Hey, how's everyone doing? All right, Exomega Gold himself is here. You can find Roger at Exomega Gold on Instagram. And uh, how's your day going? Pretty good so far. I just got off work. Just uh, about to enjoy a nice podcast time here, so should be fun. Heck yeah. I like I like your heads out on that. <laughs> All right, today we are here to discuss the newest film in the DC Cinematic Universe. In DC, by DC, I mean DC Comics. Uh, and that movie is Shazam! Shazam. But before we dive into everything... Um, since the show is legal and we no longer have to sneak beers onto the show when our parents aren't looking, uh, we have, we have a, a crowler from our good friends at Latchkey Brewing Company over in Mission Hills. And if you happen to be free on Saturday, April 13th, head over to Mission Hills and attend Latchkey's first anniversary party. Uh, this is an open event, meaning you, meaning you do not need a ticket. Just come and have a great time. Uh, our buddy Anthony is the head brewer over there, and he is making some crazy great beers. And I, I hope everyone who is... Smart and savvy enough to listen to this podcast can make it over there and have some smart and savvy beers from Anthony. Uh, Roger, what are, we, what are we drinking right now, bud? Well, right now we're drinking what they're calling a monkey's uncle. It's a Trappist-style Trappel. It's a 9%er, and it was just canned. And just canned. This boy is tasting nice. You definitely do not get, you know, boozy heat off of it. Hides it real well. Real nice, real nice nose on it. Yeah, can't complain. It's a good one. I'm taking my first sip of it now. Oh, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, anybody who knows me well knows me as a as a big fan of the Belgian beer style, and uh, that that hits all the right notes for me. That is a nice, easy drinker. Like you said, that that alcohol burn mm-hmm. not present at all. Yeah. A little fruity, a little estery. Yeah. But not overpoweringly so. Yeah. Sometimes you get that, but this one definitely. Real well balanced. Yeah, great job by Anthony there. Um, if you happen to be, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to our our other podcast, Beer Night in San Diego. Uh, last night, good friend Anthony from Latchkey was on the show, and we had many great, wonderful Latchkey beers. And uh, so check that out. Uh, Cody just posted that this afternoon. So uh, as you're listening to this, if you haven't listened to Beer Night, it is available. Get on it. What are you doing? Why, check are, you, it why out. are you waiting? All right. So before we say the word, <laughs> let's hit on a few news items that have popped up since the last time we were all able to hang out together. Avengers Endgame tickets are on sale, and they melted the internet. <laughs> Roger, did you in. get your tickets? Well, since I usually watch my movies south of the border, it's usually not as bad of a thing. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think I should be able to snag those pretty soon. I'm kind of like waiting to invite some people, see who's going to go. But, you know, you pre-buy your seats over there, and it's super cheap. So it's good stuff. How much is a movie ticket over in TJ? <clears throat> well, we'll put it this way. For a family of three, I can buy all of our tickets for less than the price of one here. That's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely uh, save you some money. I am going about 
attending movies the wrong way because <laughs> I'm just I'm just signing mortgages and and getting loans. That's 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 criminal what they're doing to us here in the states. You're down to your last kidney, <laughs> and you need those. Sadly, I do. <laughs> if I could just get rid of all of them, it'd be wonderful. But I have to keep at least one. <laughs> Uh, how is your anticipation level for Avengers Endgame? It's pretty high. Honestly, with the last trailer, it got a lot higher. Really? I feel okay. like, yeah, just it took that, that final push, huh? Yeah, like I, you know, I was obviously excited about it. I loved Infinity War, but you know, once I saw the trailer and then those posters that they released on Facebook, I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be something awesome. It's so. yeah, this might be in 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 a year in which a new Star Wars film is coming out the, you know the the concluding <laughs> yeah. part of their their trilogy of of new films yeah <laughs> the 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 anticipation for avengers is insanely high yeah yeah i can't believe i'm saying it but i'm probably more excited for avengers than star wars i i think i might be as well and uh, i mean it doesn't it doesn't do Star Wars any favors that we haven't seen a teaser or a trailer or anything yeah. yet. Yeah, and it's getting on in the year now. You know, I think in the past you would have seen at least something by now. Yeah, so. and I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if shortly after we release this episode, the trailer <laughs> does drop. Because uh, I, I believe Star Wars Celebration is in Chicago this coming weekend. Oh, and the yeah. big rumor is that that's when they're going to debut the trailer. So mm, we will probably sense. see it in the next few days. And maybe that will change my, my story a little bit. But yeah. my, my anticipation for this Avengers movie is... Off the charts. Yeah, it's gonna I, be awesome. I can't wait. I have uh, I have shuffled things around in my life so that I can go see this on on Thursday night. Nice. Because I do not want to inadvertently stumble into a spoiler from some jackass on the internet. Yeah, you gotta avoid that. So, yeah, I definitely I'm gonna be seeing it as soon as I can with the family and really looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. All right, I want to mention also not necessarily in my typical uh, uh, genre category that, that this show likes to talk about so much, but uh-huh. this past Sunday, uh, season two of Killing Eve started, and it is hands down one of my favorite shows, like top three. Really? This show's incredible, and if you aren't watching it, I have problems with you immensely. <laughs> so rectify that. Watch season one. You can binge it. It's super bingeable. This show's in crazy, crazy bingeable. Uh, it's like eight episodes per season so far. What's it on, Netflix? <sighs> You may have to watch it on Amazon. Amazon, okay. I think so, yeah. Though it may be it may be Netflix now. I haven't checked recently. You have to look it up. Yeah, but season two just started. It picks up 30 seconds after the end of season one. <laughs> so, you know. You should be fine. It's a great show. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, just in crazy powerful female characters, super strong individuals. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. I can't recommend it enough. Go nice. watch it so we can all talk about it. Because <laughs> I guarantee you I will have one episode of the show dedicated to that show. So you might as well watch it. Yeah, I'll have to catch up on it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, our, our, everyone listening, all of our friendships are at stake. So watch the show, okay? You're not allowed to listen if you don't. <laughs> no, no, no. So let me, sh- and let me shift back here to the nerdery. Uh, Marvel, t- this just came out today. Marvel is reportedly, reportedly developing a Hawkeye series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're planning to develop this around the, uh, the, the female protege of cinematic Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. And this would be the the Kate Bishop comic book character, huh. so a, a female centric Hawkeye show that would be coming to uh, the Disney Plus platform, which is mm-hmm. launching later this year. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to have a lot of really cool stuff on that. That you know, with the Loki show, and I'm sure they're going to have some Star Wars stuff on there. I think it's going to be definitely another one I'm going to have to shell out for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the the word that has been bandied about so far about that app is or about that platform is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to undercut Netflix pricing. 
Yeah. So that's going to get them imagine. a lot of attention. Probably get get them a lot of business real quick. And they're they are going to have all the Marvel stuff. They're going to have all the Star Wars stuff, plus the entire Disney catalog too. Yeah. So that that's going to be a uh, a powerful service as soon as it drops. Like that's going to be an overnight sensation. I would imagine, unless the interface is just terrible. Yeah, which I don't imagine it would be, considering it's Disney. <laughs> all right. In other news, uh, AMC recently announced that the upcoming season of Preacher is going to be its final one. Oh really? So that's a bummer. Yeah, that that one definitely is. A, that's a fun one to watch. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't think it ever took off the way they were envisioning it taking off. No. So it, it kind of became a cult show quickly, which, mm. you know, in, in in today's day and age, cult shows don't last as long as they probably should. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it, it's it's kind of going the same way that like Ash versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. went, where it's like the the fans that were into it were really into it but it just didn't gain enough traction for them to keep it going as long as they wanted to. Yeah. So. And I, I'm a diehard fan of that comic book series that, yeah. that inspired the show by, uh, by Garth Ennis and Steve mm-hmm. Dillon. It's one of my favorite things I've ever read. I read it as a, oh my gosh, not, I don't want to expose my, my comic book retailer as a, <laughs> from my teenage years as, as a person who would sell to a, you know, those, that kind of comic to a, a minor necessarily, but yeah. he trusted me enough to appreciate that comic, and that that book for a 15, 16-year-old boy made a, a lasting impression <laughs> because I love that comic so much. And the, the, the TV show has been... Um, it's been good. It's been a little uneven, but I feel like in yeah. the in the third season in particular, this is when they wrapped up, you know, four, five or six months ago, mm-hmm. it really found its stride, and I was really, really, really looking forward to what that was coming next. So it's a bit of a bummer yeah. that they're gonna have to wrap it up in this this season. Uh, they're gonna, you know, I'm assuming they're gonna cover a lot of ground, but they're also gonna skip a lot of stuff too. So yeah, well, I mean, at least they have the the foresight of knowing that this is gonna be the last season. Whereas you know, you get a lot of these shows that they don't know it's the last season until it's already been filmed, and right. they, they can't tie up the loose ends as well. So. Yeah, and I think that's that is a credit to AMC because uh, I do think that they are one of the, one of the networks that puts. Uh, the the story first. Mm-hmm. You know they don't want to alienate fans by canceling shows in the middle of, of giant storylines or with like dangling plot threads or cliffhangers or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, give give the give your creative team a chance to kind of get ahead of things and, and figure out how they want to close it up. Mm-hmm. You know they'll they'll have. I'm assuming they'll have at least twelve episodes to do so. Then yeah, they they can do it. They'll, I think they'll do a great job. Like I said, the production really ramped up and stepped up their game last season. I mm-hmm. really 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 like last season. I know Super Friend. Uh, Mike Pratt, yeah. a.k.a. A Pint of Hoppiness, uh, loved last season as well. He's a big fan of Humperdoo. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely, um, I've been watching it on Hulu, so I'm through the second season. I'm not sure if they have the third yet on there. I'll have to double check. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting nice. through that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you read the comic? Uh, you know, I read, I think, just the first few issues. But It might be available through your DC Universe app. Yeah. We have to check it out. This is right, true. But we're going to talk about that later, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back. The last bit of news before we get into the the the, the reason we're here, our, <laughs> our appointment gathering. Uh, the Joker trailer came out. This this yes. is the film that's been long rumored, long talked about, long discussed. People are confused by all of it. <laughs> it's going to be starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix as as the Joker. It's directed by Todd Phillips of the of the Hangover series, most yeah, most popularly, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's it's kind of like a Joker origin movie mm-hmm. in a lot of senses. Though it, it doesn't appear to be connected to any other continuity. No. Um, what did you think of this trailer? Because it's it's something different for sure. Yeah, you know what? I like I I really liked what I saw. Like it it gave me hope for what it could be. 
I think, you know, after Jared Leto's Joker, it was kind of like, oh, you know, what are they doing with the character? It feels like they're just throwing him into stuff. And then I hear about this and I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, see how it turns out. I'll, I'll wait till the trailer. I'll save my judgment. But no, I actually really like what they showed in the trailer. You know, it, it really makes you feel like he's the victim in a sense, which is, you know, probably how the Joker's always felt, but not something that really gets relayed a lot. You know, <laughs> he's, he's more, you know, the manipulator. You never see that other side of, you know, the one bad day, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, we, we got that kind of stuff in some of the comics in the past, but I think it's interesting that they're doing an origin story. Um, but I know like I was talking to my girlfriend and she, her, her take on it is like, this is like one of many possibilities, you know, because one of the things I've always loved about the Joker is that, you know, his origin is multiple choice as he puts it. Exactly. Yeah. I've always loved that, that character, that aspect of the character as well. The kind of nebulous background Uh where you kind of get hints, but like, are they really hints or is it just misdirection? Um, I, one of my favorite things about the Dark Knight, uh, you know, when he, you know, obviously when Heath Ledger did a, a masterful turn as the yeah. villain, uh, one of my favorite things was him when he's talking about his scars. And every story is different. Yeah, I, I, I could have watched an entire movie of him just coming up with lies about his face. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I that that that's something I, I dig about that character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I I think your girlfriend has a good perspective. Like. Sure, this may be the origin, but is it really the origin? Yeah. Like, are, are we going to get kind of like hoodwinked at the end? Who knows? That would be a real crazy t- twist. I would, I would actually like, kind of love that twist. Like, <laughs> it would be cool. You know, it's, uh, let me sit there for two hours and then totally yank the rug out from under my feet. I <laughs> might like, be into yeah, that. But not really. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, well, wow, that'd be crazy. The, 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 for me, the trailer was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh-huh. Um, I was a little unsure of it. I'm, I'm a little concerned that like we won't see the Joker for, like until like the last... 15, 20 minutes of the film, yeah. which would kind of bum me out because apparently the movie is a bit of a, uh, uh, what did, uh, Mark Maron, who also is going to be in the film, mm-hmm. uh, said it's a character study piece, Okay, which those can be interesting, but they're not necessarily the most fun all the time. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I get that this is going to be a very different movie than like probably any other superhero Sure. related movie has been so that's why i'm really curious about it because i saw that and it, it felt like i was watching a trailer for like a drama you know like i was like expecting you know some <laughs> crazy crazy like super emotional dramatic thing and i'm like wow that's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah so it, it, and it's definitely a, a different turn for the dc universe i mean uh-huh. for what we've seen as the films and i guess this yeah. is part of their not everything's connected movement. Yeah, which seems to have been working pretty good for him so far. So, you know, just moving in that direction in general. Well, has there been another another example of, of something not connected now? Or um, is this the first one? Well, yeah, yeah. This, this I think this is going to be the first one, okay. technically. And then I, I meant more along the lines of the stuff that they have in the works. Like the, uh, I think, well, that. Apparently the new Suicide Squad movie is going to be kind of a reboot type yeah, thing. Yeah, that seems interesting too. So they're, they're going to distance themselves from that. Uh-huh. I guess at this point we shouldn't hold DC films to uh, a tight continuity. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they gotta sign a, they're got to they going to kind of decide what to abort and what to, what to keep. You know? like, yeah. We'll get rid of this, but we're going to keep this. Yeah, and that seems to be an okay way of going about it. I mean, not everything has to be super, you know, epic Avengers crossover. You know? Yeah, you know, it, it, there are all these rumors about DC using uh, the Flashpoint event from the comic books mm-hmm. as a way to kind of relaunch their their cinematic universe, and I'm not sure that they, don't, they need to go that far. Yeah, 
I mean, you, know, you it, it's it's yeah. it's a film, and not everyone's paying that much, that close of attention. Mm-hmm. So you keep what you like and, and change the rest. Who you know, I don't. DC's going to get heavily criticized no matter what they do because for some reason they bring that on. Yeah, that's true. You know, there there, there seems to be a lot more forgiveness with with Marvel films doing things that are different. Yeah, and and maybe that's because just just because Marvel's garnered such goodwill because mm-hmm. they've done such a great job. Yeah, I think that's probably what it comes down to. But you know, a lot of DC fans that I know are are like the insanely anal type. Yeah, you know, where it's like it has to be this, and it's like whoa, 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 does <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, you got to give it a little creative freedom. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of something that DC's kind of moving towards, kind of figuring out, and you know, judging by how well this one's gonna do, and Suicide Squad, and I, I don't know if the. Uh, the Birds of Prey one is going to be within continuity or not. That one's kind of up in the air. At this point with, with the DC films, I'm, I'm okay if they play fast and loose with their continuity just because I'd, I'd like to see, you know, as, as big a fan as I, as I am of the Marvel mm-hmm. characters, I'm a big fan of DC characters too. And yeah. so I'd like to see these films work out and be entertaining yeah. and fun. You know, I think trying to emulate the success that Marvel had by having a, a, a film series of, of, what is it, 22 films now that are all interconnected <laughs> in some way? Yeah. That, that is the, the, the product of a man with a vision. You know, Kevin Feige has, has, has strode very hard to make yeah. these things work. And Warner Brothers' DC Comics films, or DC films, doesn't operate the same way. Yeah. You can't do that. So I'm okay with something that's a little bit more... You know, okay, it kind of sort of connects in a tiny, itty bitty way. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good way to go about it. I, I think just the way they've been kind of distancing themselves from Justice League, you know, like at the most slight references here and there that the thing has even happened. But you know, it's just like a throwaway line in all the movies that you know make reference to. Right, like Aquaman talked about it for about three seconds. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> like, "Oh yeah," and then that thing with the orbs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's those crazy glow, glowy boxes, yeah. and you know, Batman had a weird silver suit for some reason. Yeah, but yeah. we don't talk about that anymore. No, that's in the past. It's in the past. <laughs> all right, two other quick things I wanted to bring up that I came yep. across in the news. Uh, I'm probably the only person that cares about this stuff still because <laughs> most of my friends have have jumped ship long ago. Uh, but AMC is is uh, prepping a new Walking Dead spinoff series. It doesn't have a name yet, but it sounds like it's going to be uh, centered around uh, two female protagonists who are first generation, co- who are of the first generation to come to age in the apocalypse uh-huh. as we know it. Yeah, um, I think that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I think both Walking Dead shows have righted the ship. You know, mm-hmm. per se. Uh, the Walking Dead's still not as great as it once was, but it's on much better footing than it had been. Mm. I, I don't want to punch myself in the face when I watch it anymore, <laughs> which is a, a to me is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, that's that's always a plus. <laughs> and I, I've I've been a big fan of what Fear the Walking Dead's been doing for the last uh, I, I guess about the last full the last full season. Like once mm. once Morgan kind of transitioned to into that series, mm. uh, and they brought in a bunch of new characters, new cast members. Yeah, and uh, they have a bunch of big stuff coming up on that show in the new season, which I think takes off in the summer in June. Mm. So I'm I'm excited to see the Walking Dead universe grow. I'm huh? I am also one of the people who is more forgiving of some of the missteps with it. Yeah. You know, it's a show that's been on for a long time now, so it was inevitable they were going to run into some problems. Yeah, definitely. When, you know, any show that's been around for that long is going to, you know, retread some ground. There's going to be some potholes along the way. And uh, I know definitely everyone 
always kind of seems to give it a hard time that it's like losing its focus. But if you said, you know, that, you know, I haven't seen any of the more recent seasons, but if it's kind of moving back in the right direction, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, the most recent season just finished up, um, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Uh-huh. It was uh, it was the first weekend I was on vacation, actually. Okay. And so I didn't get to watch it until he came back. Yeah. Uh, because my father does not own a DVR, <laughs> so <laughs> I did not get to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I, I I really liked the season. I thought it was strong. I think the Whispers are strong villains. They're they're interesting. They're complex, mm-hmm. uh, and they're fucking crazy. Which <laughs> I think is a show about the zombie apocalypse needs a little fucking crazy in it. Yeah, makes sense. So yeah. I, I again I I might be preaching to the choir here. I might be the only <laughs> one who cares, but. I'm 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 all aboard. I'm all in. Yeah, more I mean, more the, zombies. The new show, like the premise of it, sounds pretty cool. So, it's, uh, we'll see how that one goes. And so, uh, I just came across this today also, and I thought this would uh, be right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, apparently, DC Comics, mm-hmm. the the physical comic book company, yeah. is going to be relaunching their Young Animal imprint oh, later right. this year, and they're doing it with uh, three new comics. Uh, there's a new Doom Patrol series coming. Okay. Uh, from from Gerard Way, yeah. the the writer of the or the, I guess the architect of the initial Young Animal series is... Uh-huh. Series? <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to relaunch a new Doom Patrol book. Uh, and by the way, it is Gerard, it is that Gerard way of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. So he's going to be writing Doom Patrol. Uh, his brother, Mikey, is, is launching a book called Collapser, which I'm not super familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. I is think it, it, sounds, it sounds like a brand new character to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm thinking it should be. Uh, but what I thought was most interesting uh, was a book... Uh, announced in this release uh, called Far Sector by writer J- uh, N.K. Jemison and uh, Jamal Campbell. And it is a new Green Lantern book. Really? And it's set on a far outpost where um, she's going to have uh, crazy different adventures than, the, than Hal Jordan would. <laughs> and it sounds like it might be really cool. I don't know much about N.K. Jemison, uh, but she is a multiple Hugo Award winner. Uh-huh. So clearly she knows how to tell a story. Yeah. And I'm 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 really excited about this book. Uh, I've been looking for simplifications of, of Green Lantern mythos for a while now because uh-huh. like the books became too big and too complex and too intertwined yeah, for me. There's a lot in there. Yeah. So you know, uh, uh, last November, Grant Morrison relaunched his his more simplified version of a Hal Jordan series, uh-huh. which has been nice. Which yeah. is a, a, a good solid read comic book. But I'm very interested in this one, this Far Sector. Yeah. No dates are announced yet for when when these will be published, but they do say they will be out this year. So hopefully, you know, By November, December, year. probably. Yeah, probably. And uh, you can you can find cover art for that. It looks really good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Let me show it to check it out. Oh uh, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always liked the, the young. I know all you podcast style. listeners can appreciate me showing art to Roger. <laughs> 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 but Google it. It's available. Far yeah, Sector. Looks cool. I mean, I really think the premise of, you know, being on the edge of the outpost is kind of cool. Kind of makes me think of like a Green Lantern cowboy vibe almost. Like, yeah, it, it, it sounds like it's going to have some kind of like frontier-esque aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be doing um, something involving like a Dyson Sphere-esque world. Oh, wow. So if you're a big Star Trek fan, you probably know what a Dyson Sphere is. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's going to be super nerdy. I mean, she, she's one... <laughs> Uh, Hugo Awards, which means she knows sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, there'll be some some legit sci-fi <laughs> things happening, not just like made-up craziness. <laughs> which yeah. I don't get me wrong, I love made-up craziness. But it's nice when they can sprinkle in a little bit of real-world stuff. You're like, oh yeah, I remember reading about those things, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so that's right. That's always fun. All right, so let's let's let's. I think that's enough news. I think I, th- I think we've uh, yeah. 
We, you know, we've, we've, we've done it. <laughs> we, we, we did the foreplay. Let's get to what we're here for. Let's get to the meat of the it. The good stuff. <laughs> All right, let, let's, should we say the word together? Should we do we it should. together? All yeah. right, count of three? Yeah. One, two, three. Shazam! Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, call the call the dark dark patrol because uh, we need to be arrested for that. That was whoa. That was. You didn't else. cringe too hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Shazam is out and it's yes. a big hit. Yeah, yeah. so good for DC. That's like what three in a row now. Yeah, I think one over so. Aquaman and Shazam. Yeah, and this but this is a very different movie. Oh yeah, than uh, than the previous entries in the DC cinematic universe. This is. I guess I'd say kid-centric. I mean, it's a family-friendly, yeah. kid-centric film. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I you know, I was describing it to some friends, and they were asking me about it. I'm like, you know what? It's definitely aimed at kids, but it's something that the whole family can really enjoy. You know, So, so, so what is your familiarity with Shazam? Uh, let's see. So, to be honest, he's probably one of the Justice League characters that I knew lesser than you know the others you know i've always known about the main guys but he's always kind of been on and off in the justice league depending on the continuity um i recently had caught up with the you know new 52 stuff um just you know his origins in there um and then for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen the film or read those comics yet that new 52 series is really the blueprint of the entire yeah. movie. Yeah, it was surprising how close to that it was. I was like, wow, this scene is almost like shot for shot what you see in yeah, the comic. Yeah, so much of, of that that series in particular connects to what we saw in the, in yeah. the film. It, it was it was almost, there were sections that were like verbatim. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, no, prior to that, it, you know, it probably been um, maybe like Young Justice that I had been watching uh, I know he shows up on that as a character, and I think uh, also in the Injustice video game, I really liked his portrayal there. So that overall, I think it was uh, just kind of sprinkled about here and there, but you know, I never paid too much attention other than you know learning small little backstories about him from you know whatever I've seen, but not a whole lot. Okay, so uh, my my familiarity, my connection to the character goes back a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, Back when I was kind of getting into, I was always a Marvel kid, uh, but when I started getting into DC, it was right around the time of the Death of Superman storyline, which oh. I think was like 92 or 93. Yeah. Um, and one of like the big, one of the first names from those Superman books that I, I remember reading was was Jerry Ordway. Oh. And Jerry Ordway was a, was a writer and an artist, and he was, as they were killing Superman, he was going to leave those comic books and relaunch Shazam. Yeah. Now, at the time, this is, okay, follow <laughs> along with me here. This is going to get a little dicey. <laughs> at the time, Shazam was the name of the wizard, not the superhero. Mm. The superhero, for the longest time, yep. was Captain Marvel. Yep. So, let, let me back this up a little bit. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, was created a long time ago, back in the Golden Age, back yep. in like the 30s, 40s, something like that. And... um this is long. This predates Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. The, the, he was published not by DC at the time, by, but but by Fawcett Comics. Mm-hmm. Fawcett Comics goes under. Okay. So and that happens in the late fifties, maybe early sixties, and doesn't resurface again until the seventies. But in that gap, mm-hmm. Marvel files trademark over Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Got it. So there's a bit of a in in a bit of a legal weirdness yeah. <laughs> as the, be- the best way I can describe it. DC purchases those characters from Fawcett Comics, which uh-huh. gives them 
Captain Marvel and aka Shazam and yeah. all the characters associated from that comic book series. Yep. But because of the trademark that Marvel has for Captain Marvel, <laughs> DC can't call they can't title the comic book Captain Marvel anymore. Yeah. So it becomes, you know, uh, something something Shazam usually, like yeah. Power of Shazam, Curse of Shazam, Trials of Shazam, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. You cannot make the name of your comic book Captain Marvel to compete with Captain Marvel over in the Marvel universe. Yeah, direct competition. Yeah, so like, <laughs> it was a, it was a little confusing, and I think yeah. this this is one of the reasons why the character was always a little hard to handle for newer audiences because you're reading a book called Shazam, but you're opening it up and you're reading a character called Captain Marvel, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what is this? What is this? What is going on? Yeah. So when when DC did the New Fifty Two, uh-huh. right around two thousand eleven ish, I think. Is when they made the decision that you know what we're we're just, we're just done. Yeah, we're we're done playing this game with with Captain Marvel. We're just gonna call him Shazam from now on <laughs> and simplify the fuck out of all of this. Probably a good call. <laughs> so when I started with the comic book, though, he was still Captain Marvel. Okay, he was a uh, Captain Marvel, aka the Big Red Cheese, because he's kind of like this Boy Scout esque character, sim- similar yeah. to Superman. Yeah, yeah, he always had that early similarity to him. So. Yeah, so he was like this character, you know, pure as the driven snow, because he's got the innocence of a child, but yeah. he has the power of a, uh, you know, of of a, of a wizard, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the char- the character in the comic that I read uh-huh. was basically a, a another version of Superman in a way. Yeah, you know, a, a big, big red Boy Scout instead of a big blue Boy Scout. Um, yeah, and it, it was an interesting character. He had. Inter- I always liked his villains a lot. He had great villains, and we'll talk more about those as we get into the film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was my familiarity with him. He, he was he was Captain Marvel for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I do I do want to highlight one of one of my favorite things that they did in DC Comics. One of my favorite all time stories from DC Comics, in fact, mm-hmm. is is Kingdom Come. And you've read Kingdom Come, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's yeah. been a long time, but it's it's great, and it's it's one of the best battles ever, where a mind controlled Captain Marvel, aka Shazam, has to go toe to toe with an an old bitter Superman for the fate of the world. An yeah. old bitter Superman better win, or we're all in trouble. Yeah. And so, so I, I I've had an affinity for the character. He's never been like one of my all time favorites or anything like that, yeah. but. I, I really like that Jerry Ordway series. It's, it's beautifully drawn, beautifully illustrated, beautifully uh, w- w- very well written too. Mm. But it has a lot of connotations to um, the previous eras of comic books. Like it has a very golden, silver age feel to it. Yeah. So it was hard. I think it was hard for a uh, a younger audience or a new audience to come into come into that book and kind of find something to connect to. Yeah, I can see that. So I, I think my my connection to him is probably unique in a way because. Uh, I was, I was more or less mentored by a, a fan of that era of comic books. So uh-huh. I, I learned an appreciation for that stuff early on. Yeah. But looking at it in hindsight, I can see why it didn't connect in a, with a wider audience because it was like, oh, this is kind of like quaint. Yeah. I, and I get that. That's fine. I understand. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then you know, DC did all their stuff, and eventually that character went, kind of became part of the Justice Society for a while under Jeff Johns's watch, and they yeah. did some really interesting things with him there. Um, but then they relaunch with the new Fifty Two, and they 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 take a whole new tact with him, yeah. and that's where we get the oh, we're done with Captain Marvel. We're going to yeah. do Shazam now. So that kind of is a super abbreviated comic book <laughs> history right there. So now we will talk about the film. I promise, no more comic book lore. I don't want to go on a tangent about comic book stuff, which 
everyone knows I can. <laughs> yeah, that's your Cliff Notes version. Yeah, v- very Cliff Noted. <laughs> like, there's not even a second F. That's how Cliff Noted it no, is. One F to avoid one copyrights. F. One, one F. <laughs> so, wh- I, I guess one of the things I took from it with with my connection to that particular era of the character was uh-huh. okay. They're doing the orphan thing a little bit differently in this film. Uh-huh. You know, um, in, in that Jerry Ordway series, you see his parents, you see how they die okay. and why he's an orphan. Got it. In the film, it's it's very different. It's it's more of a... It's it's really sad. Yeah. I, the reasons why he's an orphan in this movie. And I, yeah. I think that that almost gives it a groundedness that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't see it coming, not knowing, you know, the full origin of that. But, I mean, to an extent, you kind of get inklings of it. You're like, well, why Why is he just... Yeah, I mean, you, as an audience member, you're sitting there, you're, you're kind of asking yourself questions. You're like, all right, something's not adding up here. Yeah. But, oh, by the way, hold on. Yeah. Before we go much further, yeah. let's just let's just put it out there. Uh, Fan of the film? Big, you enjoyed it? Liked yeah, it? no, I, I thought it was really fun. You know, definitely enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good ride. <laughs> I, I liked it, but at the same time, there were I I had some I, I wrestled with parts of it, uh-huh. and and we'll talk about more about those later. But yeah, my general impression was I liked it, and I yeah. think it has a lot of potential. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so from from here on out, just so you know, we are probably going to spoil some things. So yeah. just if you if you haven't seen, if you've not seen the film yet. And you don't, if you want to go in clean, yeah. you know, pause it here, come back after you've seen it. Because we will probably talk about some details. We're not going to go crazy <laughs> in, into like every single plot aspect of the yeah. film. But we're going to talk about some stuff that maybe you don't want to know about. Yeah. So, spoiler warning here. You've been warned. It's you've official. been warned. Hit the, hit the alarm. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I guess... What would be the best place to start with the film? I guess I, I'll start with what I thought was... Okay, I guess my biggest... I'll start with my biggest problem. You tell me yeah, if I'm yeah. way off base. No, yeah, we'll do that. All right, so... <laughs> Shazam actually is, stands for something. Yeah. All the letters form the word, but they actually mean something, okay? So, uh, Shazam is the wisdom of Solomon, strength of Hercules, stamina of Atlas, power of Zeus, courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. I often questioned myself during the viewing of this film saying where is the wisdom of solomon <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like sure he has those powers but it doesn't seem like he knows how to use them very well yet yeah so. he doesn't know how to use them very well he, and he i honestly he makes questionable decisions oh yeah that's that's <laughs> his whole thing you know? now granted i suppose i suppose you could make an argument that wisdom is gained through experience True. But <laughs> I, when you're dealing with wizards and magic powers, I think you get to skip that step. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so I, I, one scene in particular that bothered me and really made me wonder what they're doing. Now, granted, this film is, I, I said it before when I first saw the trailer, it, it is documented on the show. This is a superhero version of Big. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was 30 years ago, Tom Hanks would probably be in this movie. They even have a big reference. There is a big reference in the film. And I was going to talk about awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a scene when 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 Billy Batson, the the young orphan boy, yeah. who uh, I won't say befriends, but stumbles across a wizard who grants yeah. him his powers to become Shazam, uh, first gets his powers. I, you know, I think we get that 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 montage scene of what we would expect most young teenage boys to do with yeah. with superpowers, I and mean, that, that is to uh, just have a good time and, yeah, and go be silly and crazy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But 
one scene in particular really bothered me. <laughs> and that's when they basically rob an ATM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the most uh, nice, uh, kind, heroly thing to do. No, and they do it in the comic book, too. And it bothered me in that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's kind of the thing about Billy. I mean, you even in the comics, uh, at least in the new Fifty Two ones, he's kind of a douche. I was gonna, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I did, I did want to mention that if you do end up reading that new Fifty Two uh-huh. re- relaunch of the book, that is basically the template for the film. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference to me is uh-huh. Billy Batson. Yeah. He's much more likable in <laughs> the, the movie than he is in the comic book. Oh he's yeah. He's kind in of a douche in the worse. comic. Yeah. I mean, he makes little kids cry. He's kind yeah. of he's kind of a bully in a few ways. A little bit, yeah. I mean, he's not great at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's definitely mischievous. But yeah, they definitely tone it down from what it but was. But yeah, comic. it's much more toned down. And uh, but it, again, he does have a nice little arc too, where he goes from kind of like the selfish kid to a kid who's you know part of a family, which is yeah. really nice to see. The film, like I said, the film has an overall good tone, good vibes about it. Yeah. My things are, again, I say it all the time, I, I constantly have quibbles with things, but I feel like in this in this movie in particular, my quibbles are a little bit bigger than normal, where I'm just like, really? We went there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because we're just so used to having heroes that are making, like, adult decisions. Like, if you did that as an adult, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's kind of an a-hole. And, per- and perhaps that, that is the old man in me. You know, I'm just like, damn kids. Yeah, these damn, get off my lawn with your superpowers and your lightning from your fingertips. Get out of here. Charging phones. And- <laughs> that would be me in the mall. The guy whose phone like explodes in his hand. That'd be me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, again, an enjoyable film, but that's little small things. Let me ask you about. Yeah. So the, the the biggest difference, I suppose, I'm going to go back to the New 52 comic because, like I said, it is, it is basically a template. Yeah. But there, there are some some big changes, uh-huh. particularly with, with, with the main villain. Mm-hmm. We, we sub out, from the comic book, we sub out Black Adam. Yeah. And we promote uh, Dr. Savannah, yeah. which is fine. Dr. Savannah, I think, is a great villain. Yeah. And uh, it, it serves as a strong introduction to this. What did you think of him in, in the film? Uh, you know, I liked his characterization. Um he wasn't overly mustache twirly. You, that opening scene where you kind of like see where he comes from, you're just like, wow, like he really had a crappy childhood and that, you know, you can really feel how that formed him as a person, just like constant insecurities and this want for power. So overall I thought, you know, yeah, I I believe it as a villain, you know, I like that we got more of a, more of a backstory with him than I was expecting. Uh And and as far as his reasons and his motivations, uh, in, in the film, he is offered the powers of Shazam in Uh in his childhood, which I think was in the seventies. Something like that. And the wizard basically finds out that he's not pure of heart and he's corrupted. So he gets, (laughs) he gets expelled from the rock of eternity and he's not granted the powers. But it's it becomes his motivation, his yeah. driving force. He wants to find the wizard. He wants to go back. He wants those powers. Yeah. Mostly because like his family is just shit to him. Oh yeah, like that opening scene. It really like drives it home how much his parents and his brother were just so mean to him. Yeah, and in a twist of what I thought was actually really clever in casting, um, and maybe only like uber nerds like me were paying attention <laughs> to this, but John Glover as Doctor Savannah's father. Yeah. 
who is also Lionel, Lex Luthor's father in Lionel Smallville. Luther, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lionel <laughs> Luthor. So I was like, cool. They're made, this guy's new career is just raising supervillains. This is rad. <laughs> he's, got yeah. a, he's, got a, he's got a niche now. That was a nice throwback. He's, I, I, think he, I think John Glover is a fantastic actor, yeah. actor. He does a great job as a total scumbag, douchebag, villain kind of person. Yep. <laughs> and, and as the evil, corrupting father, he, he's, again, right in his wheelhouse, apparently. So. He's typecasting now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... And and uh, it was it's uh, Mark Strong is the actor playing him who I think's very very good. You yeah. may recognize him from the Kingsman films, yeah, probably most especially. But he's also in the the first Sherlock Holmes with with Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. So a, a, a talented, accomplished actor. Yeah, no, I, I really who, like him as an actor. And I, I think he guy. I think he brings not just like a little bit of gravitas to the character, but I, I think he wanted to keep the character somewhat somewhat understandable. Yeah, like his motivations are not super crazy. Yeah, like it, you, you get where he's coming from. It's not like out of left field that oh, he's just gonna be evil one day. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but you know, I I also like that he did add that like serious villainous nature to the character, which was just such a stark contrast to just like, you know, Shazam just being like, like that one scene where <laughs> he's like basically monologuing and yeah. he's like, I I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> which- that is such a nice thing to see, actually, because you're. It's one of those things when the you know you see him in the in the in the particularly in the original Superman films from the seventies oh, yeah. and eighties, where the characters are miles apart. But I guess because they're they have super hearing, it's okay. But these characters do not have super yeah. hearing, so them having monologues with each other just doesn't make any sense. And they point yeah. that out. Yeah, which which was it was a nice little call out, you yeah. know, a little self awareness. Yeah. Nice. Which, by the way, let me throw it back real quick to that yeah. ATM scene because I just yeah. thought of something else that bothered me. The ne- the very next scene was them uh, having having spent all the money on a bunch of high item purchases. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no consequences for that in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think their foster parents would be a bit more concerned about that. Yeah, like hey, where'd that fifty two inch plasma come from? <laughs> yeah, because you're kind of thinking about it. It's like, well, I guess they just blew it all on that stuff. It's like you don't actually see that stuff in the rest of the movie. And by the way, I just, I just super dated myself because I referenced a, a, a plasma TV, which I don't think anyone's had in at least a decade. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, dying tech. Yeah, so it's like what? If like, not dead. What's the, what's the latest grade? Like a 4K, right? That's the thing? Well, I, I think they're pushing towards 8K now. Oh, it's cutting Jesus. edge. <laughs> Too old, I can't keep up. All the Ks. What are you going to do with all them Ks? <laughs> what did you think of, uh, of uh, Zachary Levi? Uh-huh. As Shazam, as as the empowered Billy Batson with his red suit and his cape and his lightning fingertips, I I thought he played a pretty believable kid as an adult. You know, it's like I I, I felt that like it, it wasn't super jarring. I mean, obviously, there's always that disconnect between when you're literally two different actors and you know the characterization. But I I thought he did pretty well. I I didn't have many qualms with it. Uh, I don't think there was any part where I'm like, what, you've really done that? Or, oh, that's kind of weird, you know? Nothing really stood out to me. I I agree. I I thought he was very solid. And uh, one of my favorite things in the film is, and it's it's in the trailer, so if you've seen the trailer, you you know. But uh, when they're in the convenience store, and he's like, I'd like to purchase your finest beer, please. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way he delivers that line, like the way a a kid with a fake ID probably would. Oh, yeah, just seeing like, oh, yeah, this is is what I always do. This is how I request these things. I I do have one concern about Zachary Levi, but I'm going to bring that up at the end when we, when we kind of uh, do a little bit of a forecasting. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought he was, he was, um, again, not somebody, I, I didn't watch his show that was on NBC where he was like the Best Buy employee, oh. but a spy at the same time. I didn't watch that. So I'm not super familiar with him. Oh yeah, that was him. 
Wow. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> I know that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, again, I, I know him by name. I know him from uh, a, a different thing. He's, he's been part of like, the Comic-Con community for a long time. Oh. He's been... You know, advocating to be in a superhero movie for a long time. He was part of, of Thor for a little while. Oh, really? He was one of the, uh, oh, I forgot the name, but the, the, the three characters that hang around That's with Thor. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gets dispatched quickly in the third one, and he's barely in the second one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? But they give him a role this time, and I think he I think he does a very nice job with it. Yeah. I, I, what, one of the things I did want to mention for sh- on this in particular is I thought this film had really nice children actors. Oh, it. yeah. I thought they did a really good job. The kid playing Billy Batson, whose name I do not have handy, I apologize. Yeah, no, I can't. And the other kid, whose name I do not have handy, <laughs> who plays Freddie Freeman. We're professionals. Yeah. And we, and we know that kid. That kid's been, The kid playing Freddie's been in a few things. I think, I think he was in the It adaptation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, really nice job with the, with the, with the casting of the ch- of the child actors. Yeah, yeah, they 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 nailed that. Because they have to carry a lot of that film. Mm-hmm. And I think if they had made poor choices, that film wouldn't be the success the success that it is. Yeah, I agree. What did you think? Mm-hmm. Let me see. So you 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 are most familiar with the new 52 version of the character. Most yeah, mostly that and just any, you know, more recent adaptations like I was saying, you know, Young Justice or you know, Injustice. Or... <laughs> so so I'll tell you my my favorite thing towards the beginning of the movie was uh-huh. when I forget if it's if it's during Billy's walking into the Rock of Eternity. Uh-huh. Which is where the Wizard Suzanne lives. Yes. For anyone who, if I haven't made that clear enough yet, I'm, I apologize. Uh, the Wizard lives in what's called the Rock of Eternity, and basically he abducts you, and you go through a doorway, and you end up in the Rock of Eternity. Uh-huh. I forget if it's during Billy's introduction to the Rock or if it's during Savannah's, uh-huh. but you walk past the the glass, the mm-hmm. gla- the glass enclosure. Oh, with the and caterpillar, you, and you see the caterpillar. Yeah. And I, I know who that caterpillar is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of my favorite things. And uh, and this is a scene that actually pays off in this film and yeah. in one of the mid-credits Post, yeah, scenes. Yeah. Mid- and when you, when you, it, and they never, I don't, do they, do they even say his name? I don't no. Think they say his name. No. It's, it's only if you know the character yeah. does it have any importance. So you're watching, okay, you just get, a, you just catch a glimpse of a cat, of a caterpillar that looks a little different than what you would normally see a caterpillar yeah. looking like. It's a fancy caterpillar. At the end of the film, Savannah's been imprisoned. He's going a little, a little, a little crazy. Yeah. He's trying to get the magic back because he doesn't have the magic anymore. Yeah. Which I guess we should say he's... Savannah is a villain powered by the seven, the seven deadly sins who sh- the wizard Shazam has imprisoned. Yeah. So that's his source of power in the film. Yep. And it, it leads to some fun scenes. Uh, the, the, the sins are interesting. They play... It, they did a nice job of playing them up in, in a... I don't want to say realistic, but in a, in a way that made a lot of sense as yeah, far like, as comic book films go. Yeah, each one kind of like stuck to its characterization of what yeah. it was. And, and the envy, the, the way they used the envy sin, yeah. I thought was actually pretty smart. Yeah, and, and was I was cool. like, oh, okay, all right. I, we're, I we're doing good things here. <laughs> but let me let me get back to the caterpillar. Yeah. So Savannah's is in his prison cell, and all of a sudden he starts hearing this voice. And he doesn't know where it's coming from. He's looking around, he's looking around, he's looking around. He sees a little something by one of the vents. And then you, you, you zoom in, and it's a caterpillar with like an a, a electronic microphone rig around himself and talking about their plans for not only conquering Earth, but the seven realms of magic entirely. Yep. I love that character. That is Mr. Mind. Mr. Mind is the best. He's, <laughs> uh, 
I forget what they they may have changed his origins since the last time I read it, but he was initially from like Venus or something like that. But he may be interdimensional now. Probably. So Seems like the way to go. Yeah, he's a sentient <laughs> caterpillar esque alien creature. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. He's like a. I guess you could basically call him the leader of a group called the uh, Monster Society of Evil. Yeah. Which I think is a great name for a group <laughs> of bad guys. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's it's on the nose. You're not being subtle. Subtlety, I can appreciate subtlety <laughs> sometimes, but you know what? When you just hit me in the face with it like a hammer, I'm yeah. okay with that too. It's like, all right, you're evil. We get it. Yeah, Good. and they, they went to Mr. Mind, which I'm just like, <laughs> you guys are going deep. I love See, this. Yeah, I it was really crazy because I totally thought they were going to have a Black Adam reference. You know, I, I hoped they would as well. Yeah, because we haven't heard about that project for so long. Mm-hmm. We knew that, you know, The Rock was associated with the movie before I think even Shazam was like in the works, you know? It, it, it was an interesting choice because... Uh, to, to back things up a little bit, yeah, I, The Rock has been was cast as Black Adam like it seems like a million years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so he's been developing this Black Adam movie. Uh-huh. And for anyone who's not familiar with it, Black Adam is is the arch rival, the the nemesis of what we. Uh, I was gonna say, oh, I almost said Captain Marvel, but of, of Shazam now. Yeah, um, and they have an intrinsic link together. They they share the same. The Living Lightning gave them both their powers. So they are in intertwined from the go. Yeah. These characters are, are you know, the, the alpha and the omega of each other. Uh-huh. I was concerned heavily yeah. when they decided they were going to separate them for, for two different movies. Mm-hmm. To, to, my initial reaction was like, oh, this is all about making money, blah, 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 blah. No one, you know, they're just trying to make a, like, make, make a series out of, out yeah. of nonsense. I actually, honestly, looking back now, I think it may have worked better this way. Yeah. Uh, you get a little hint of Black Adam when the wizard's kind of telling his story a little bit about the last time he chose a champion. Yeah. Which yeah, is Black Adam. That's the only reference to Black Adam that we get in the movie. Yeah, and it's but, never by name, and you no. never see, but you never see The Rock, or, you, you know, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson. You see, like, a little magical outline. Yeah, it's like, like a little magical uh, the, the recap story yeah. there. But uh, but yeah, no no reference to that, and I totally thought it was gonna be a post credit scene. I did just, too. It, it like you know like an Avengers Thanos just turning around with the smile. Like I totally thought it was just gonna be like oh you know Black Adam just appears out of nowhere kind of thing. Yeah, so we, we you know it's it's kind of weird. I mean there, there's two credit scenes, one mid credits, one at the very very end. The end yep. credit scene is kind of where I thought we might see Black Adam, yeah. but instead we just get another scene of uh, of, of Billy and, and Freddie testing his powers, yeah. which was is a fun montage. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, though there is one thing that I thought was interesting, whenever during okay, so Billy gets his powers, uh-huh. and Freddie is the super nerd. So he's the super <laughs> fan of superheroes. Yeah. So he wants to do, do tests, like power tests, to see what his, his range of capabilities are. Uh-huh. And uh, so they're, they're doing tests on their own. They have him like running up a, like a half pipe to see if he can fly and stuff like that. And then he crashes down to the earth and, and he rolls around like he's in pain. And I'm like, but you're invulnerable. Why are yeah, you in pain? Like, that wouldn't actually hurt you. Again, that's a quibble for sure on my part. Yeah, but- <laughs> that's that's one of those like little nitpicky things. It's like, oh, yeah, because I had that same moment where I'm like, that wouldn't hurt you. Like, you're immune to bullets. Yeah, like, I mean, and they show a scene where Freddy's smashing bats against him. Yeah, he, <laughs> so, he like, literally smashes his hand with a hammer, and it yeah. doesn't hurt him. Yeah, he uses the axe yeah. to try and cut his hand off, and he just, like, shatters to a million pieces. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Again, and that's a great scene, too, and I think that it it reminded me a bit of the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, actually, yeah. where he's kind of, like, trying to figure things out and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but obviously, it's it's 
which also has a Shazam reference in it too. When he's it does because he tries to, to say Shazam, Shazam. to get his webs out. You're right. <laughs> Holy crap! Look at this. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, gosh, you talk for a minute while I get my thoughts together, Roger. <laughs> Tell me more about what you thought of the film. Like what 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 scenes in particular stood out to you? Uh, that's that's a good question. So I'd say overall, I feel like the movie just did a really good job at like growing the character. Uh, you really felt his progression throughout the whole movie, which was cool. You know, it, uh, you know, I only read, you know, so much of the new 52 comic, Mm -hmm. but even there it felt like it was kind of slow to build his character into like a heroic type person. And this, I felt like kind of just moved it along nicely. Um, like you said, the characterization of Billy with the other kids, he really turns around relatively quickly to start, you know, being friends with his family kind of thing. And actually I, I really like the characterization, like you said, of the kids and of his family. Um, I felt like the, the, the kid actors were great in it. Uh, and they went towards that direction in the end. Uh, I don't know how deep spoilery we want to go. Oh, like, you're okay. Yeah. So it's I, like, cause I think you're, I think you're about to talk about something I did want to talk about. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So where they went, you know, he's, he gets his powers from the staff and he's remembering that and he's trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to beat Savannah? He's here with all the other, you know, sins and he's, you know, they all have like one of the kids in their grasp and he's like, I don't want them to die. I need to save them. What am I going to do? So he basically tricks Savannah, throws down the staff and has the kids hold it. I'm like, Oh no way. They're, they're going to go this route. You know, I'm like, wow. And, you know, I saw it, you know, with the little guy and he loved that part. He's like, oh, they're all getting powers, <laughs> you know. So uh, I thought that was a really cool way to go about it. And just seeing all of their characterizations from the kid to the adult, especially Darla, mm-hmm. <laughs> like her as an adult. It was just it was the cutest thing because it was just like you, you get the like little girl, but just in a super powered body. And she's just like so innocent in that regard and just all their characterizations like, oh, man, I'm buff. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we should mention a little bit more in detail about about Billy's uh, home situation. Yeah. Because you know, he, he is an orphan. He's part of the system. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to find his birth mother because he has memories of his birth mom. Yeah. And, and, uh, but at the beginning of the film, he gets placed into a foster home. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's, it's a married couple who are also orphans that are married. And they, are, they adopt kids who are... I guess it basically is a, is a foster home, but yeah. it's, but it's a family. It's a it's a family of orphans basically, uh-huh. and and so Billy's brought into 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 a household with, it's, five five yeah. five more kids. There's there's Mary and Freddie, uh-huh. uh, Eugene, who Eugene. is like the tech kid. He's into all the all the games and the and the iPads and stuff like that. Uh, Pedro, Pedro, who has the he has the dumbbells, yeah. and then Darla, <laughs> and Darla, yeah, and and so. If you're a fan of the of the of the Cap, Captain Marvel, aka Shazam comics, yeah, uh, Mary and Freddie, you know, are part of the Captain Marvel family, oh. aka now that's referred to as the Shazam family. So I apologize. I'm going to keep <laughs> saying the Captain Marvel family. I'm really trying to mean the Shazam family. Interchangeable. Now, actually, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. So uh, Mary Mary Marvel is a superhero in the comic books, and, and and Freddie Freeman becomes Captain Marvel Junior. These are known things. Yeah. But what's not known, and I don't know if the new series that DC launched has addressed this or not, but since they are now not Captain Marvel, they are Shazam, what the hell are their names going to be? 
because they don't name any of the characters in the film. Like That's there's no true. there's no Captain Marvel Junior. No, he's not you know Freddy's not Shazam Junior. And technically Shazam isn't Shazam. He's never named in the movie. Technically, you're right. He's not. You're so right. He's, it's just the word he says. Captain Sparklefingers. <laughs> Captain Sparklefingers. He had a lot of names. Uh, Thundercrack was one. Yeah, <laughs> there's was a couple good. good ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and obviously Mary Mary Marvel's name is right in the in the in the in the header too. So yeah. like, is she Mary Shazam? Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. So a, a few things are kind of left unsaid. Yeah. Which is interesting. I you know I, I I'll, I'm happy to throw them a bone because it's like okay but this is something we, we can address later. It doesn't need to be dealt with now necessarily. No. But like I said, as someone who knows the lore, I was like, oh, what are they going to do here? Because again, we're not using that Marvel name now, and especially in the films, that's not that's definitely no go yeah, can't do that anymore can't do that so i i am kind of curious how they proceed with that down the road i should also mention too that uh, shortly it may have happened yesterday but it may have happened over the weekend but it has been announced the the, the sequel for shazam has been greenlit yeah it it's is already in proceeding they, they brought in the same uh, screenwriter from the first one to do the second one yeah so that's going to happen and it's <laughs> it kind of sounds it kind of sounds like it might happen before Black Adam, which is even more confusing. That would be crazy. <laughs> but I don't want to go into Black Adam territory ne- yet necessarily because I, do- I don't want to add a lot of extra confusion to things because I want to f- kind of focus on the film and not get into the things that they didn't do necessarily. Yeah, but uh, Dwayne Johnson did work on this one though, right? Executive producer. Yeah, I saw his name in the credits. Yeah, he's I'm like, part oh, of it. No, I didn't realize he was... He, he put out a, a uh, Instagram video thanking all the fans for going to see the film because... Oh, wow. Yeah, this is part of the plan. Yeah, this, the, you know, uh, he stated in his Instagram video that one of the reasons they decided to split the movie into two different movies because they were having a hard time trying to get two origin stories into one movie. Mm. So that made sense to me yeah. in, in, on a certain level. So I, I, I can I can appreciate that. I, I think there's ways to do it. Yeah, but it's it's. I don't think The Rock's going to take a backseat to, to Billy Batson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. No, and I, I think it was probably a good way to go about it, too, because, I mean, Black Adam's, you know, I'm not too familiar with his backstory, but I am familiar with his characterization, and he doesn't think he's being evil. He's trying to, you know, do the best to save, you know, his his idea of, you know, what he needs to protect, you know? Well, again, I don't want to get too far ahead, but if anyone is curious about about Dwayne the Rock Johnson's next move into 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 being a superhero with Black Adam, uh-huh. if you want to get into the comic books, I, I recommend checking out the Jeff Johns uh, JSA comic books. Yeah, that is probably the the iteration, the beginning of the iteration that you want to read. Yeah, uh, and through that series, uh, Black Adam is a strong character. You start you you see his motivations. You start to understand him better, yep. and then that goes to the next level into the in in uh, DC Comics is. Uh, 52 event series yeah. which I believe is in, in four volume paperbacks uh, where he is yeah I don't want to I don't want to spoil those because there's, <laughs> there's some fun twists and turns in that book but, but Black Adam a great hero yeah but they did a great job of turning him into an anti I shouldn't say a great hero a great character yeah. who they do a great job of turning into an anti-hero yeah so that'll be that'll be cool to see how that kind of unrolls later on well so again I don't want to forecast too much but I'm curious okay one of the things I wanted to bring up about, about yeah. Zachary Levi is do you see him going toe to toe with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> he's because I feel like that's a mismatch. Yeah, he's definitely you know not as big or imposing of a guy, and it's going to be interesting because I mean I'm not too familiar with the characterization in the comics, but I'm pretty sure they were similar, you know, in very many aspects. Mm-hmm. So you know they were like both physically imposing dudes. They're supposed to be big guys, but 
I, I think this this movie kind of uh, drove the point that it was at the peak of your like the physical image of when he becomes Shazam is kind of the peak of what his natural form would be mm-hmm. is kind of what they made mention of like, right this is this is how you would look at your peak state yeah you know but plus all these powers so it's like okay yeah maybe that's like his maximum potential versus you know the maximum human potential you know obviously he's not gonna become a seven foot tall you know just buff as schwarzenegger kind of guy well and, and you know perhaps i am over emphasizing the physicality in, yeah. in appearance yeah because they're both powered by a wizard so yeah so <laughs> maybe it it's irrelevant credence. yeah yeah it may be irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> Zachary Lee may be able to punch him in the face just as hard as he can punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, I mean, you know, the physical aspect of it is definitely something to keep in, keep in mind, I guess, when you're thinking about those things. But I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Plus, they have angles. They'll make it work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let me ask you about one, one other thing that I, I found interesting. Yeah. During, during Billy's discovery of, of what his powers are. Yep. Um... There is a scene we, we referenced it earlier when they're in the convenience store and they're 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 trying to buy beer as underage <laughs> people. Which, yeah. by the way, again, I made I made the point of, of mentioning how I didn't care for them robbing the ATM and uh-huh. and buying a bunch of stuff that there's no consequences for. Yeah, there's a great scene where they're they're, they're underage kids and they're trying to buy beer and there's yeah. they are there are repercussions for. Yeah. What I think most of us felt when we were 12 or 13 trying our beer for the first time. Picture your first IPA, <laughs> and that's pretty, basically how it Yeah, was. so that scene plays out very, very nicely. But yeah. uh, prior to them getting that beer, <laughs> the, the convenience store gets robbed conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> so works. you get to find out another one of Billy's powers, which is being bulletproof. Yep. I thought I found it super weird slash interesting that they refer to as bullet immunity. You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> You're, yeah. Had you ever heard that before? No, but I thought it was an interesting way to put it. You know? Yeah. I was like, bullet immunity? It definitely I, sounds like something a kid, a thing a kid would come up with. It's like, that's how you would say it. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, the way they did that scene in particular, the, the, the effects they used to show uh-huh. the bullets, the way they kind of like hit his skin and they just instantly stop and, and become nothing and yeah. just fall to the ground, I thought was really well done. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But bullet immunity was something <laughs> I was like, I do not know that terminology at no, all. No. I know like, what you're trying to say. We get it. But <laughs> who says that? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it made me wonder, and I didn't bother to check, but it's like, maybe Bulletproof is a copyright by somebody? I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. I don't who know. Knows? I'd have to look into it. But yeah, no, Bulletproof is typically how you would say yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, you're Bulletproof. Uh, but Bullet Immunity. Bullet Immunity. I wonder if it just kind of like went to, you know, Freddy's kind of quirky character. Kind of making up yeah. his own terms for things. You know, and I, I thought that was a neat twist with the, with the Freddy character, um, was that he is a... A fan of superheroes. Yeah. You know, he has a batarang. He yeah. has a, a bullet that bounces off Superman. <laughs> so this movie is connected to the, to the larger DC universe in, 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 in a way. But in, 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 a, in, a, in a very casual way, it connects to the overall other films of the DC universe. And we get we even get a Superman cameo at the very end of the film. We don't yeah. see who's in the suit, but yeah. we see the suit. Yeah, There's a body would... in there, and he's got a, he's got a, a lunch tray with the milk on it because it's Superman. Of course, he's drinking milk. Yeah, of course. Does, <laughs> Does the body good? good? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So the, I thought that was cool. Uh, there, yeah. There's a connectedness to to the other films. They, they're not ignoring anything. They're not. Yeah. But they're they're. And they're 
It's definitely the same universe because even the yeah. replica Batarang was the same style. The same as one that the, the Flash, the Flash catches one. that Affleck has. Uh-huh. So even though we don't know who Batman is anymore. Yeah, which is another thing. <laughs> but yeah. we know Batman is there. Yeah. He and the Batarang, the Batarang uh, proves useful in the film too. Yeah. Which is, again, kind of like, okay, they, they kind of thought <laughs> things out with this. Yeah. I like part of me wanted to be like have something to do with Batman. It's like oh you know it's but then I realized it was just a replica. I'm like I thought it was like a battering that he had found that was Batman's battering. I was I, I thought that that was the case as well. It sounded like he was like a a, a, a procurer of superhero items. Yeah, because he had that he had that bullet with like a bullet, with like yeah. a certificate of authenticity. Yeah, which I mean who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> But no, I, I thought it would have been cool that it was like, oh, like it hurt him because it was made out of some weird nth metal or some crap, you know? Oh, shit. If you want to get nth metal into the DC universe, <laughs> I am I am the first one who's going to sign off on that because right. nth metal leads to Hawkman, which leads to me having a good time. There you go. Because I'm the world's biggest Hawkman dork, and then really? there are not many of us. Yeah, <laughs> we are crazy. few. That's funny. No, I didn't know that. But yeah, no, definitely. That Hawkman, been... the only superhero will hit you in the face with a mace. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, no, that was definitely a interesting call out there. Yeah, I again, it's an enjoyable film. I, I think my struggles with it came from just being being an older person, and and I guess I have a harder time with youth culture than I thought I did because I was like, okay, I get it. This is a, yeah. a wish fulfillment kind of movie, uh, you know. But it but it also has a, a stronger, better message about about family and and how family can be not necessarily blood. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. Family is more than that. It, it can be the people that are around you that you are the closest to. And again, that's a, a fantastic message. And uh, the diversity incorporated in the, into the film is, is was wonderful as yeah. well. We had Jerry from The Walking Dead as the foster dad, <laughs> so I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, he's he's cool. Um, I don't know what else I want to say about the film necessarily because I I I wasn't. Overwhelmed, like oh my god, this movie's fucking great. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have that reaction to it. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good things in there. You know, again, we we've talked about my quibbles mm-hmm. about my my small points. Yeah, but I think there's a lot to build off of with this one. Just like yeah. just like with Aquaman, just like with Wonder Woman, I think you are positioning yourself well to advance. A, a a a version of a yeah. DC cinematic universe. I think it's it's a really solid foundation mm-hmm. with a lot of potential, and especially now that you know the kids have their superpowers too. It's like, are they going to continue with that? Are they going to you know live out their regular lives? Or you know where's this going to go? Well, if if the directors of the of the of this film are brought back, it sounds like the family the the Shazam family now yeah. uh, will be interesting because they were. It sounds like they were hands down the biggest supporters of making sure they were in the film. Yeah. So, and I guess that's Captain Marvel's biggest advantage over a, a character like Savannah, like Black Adam. Uh-huh. You know, is he has not only a team but a family that that's got his back on everything. Which, again, going back to our, our reference to uh, Mister Mind and, and Savannah at the end of the prison scene. Yeah. It sounds like they're about to have a super team too. Yeah. So that could be a lot of fun. That should be interesting. Uh, the, the the Monster Society of Evil is fantastic. I can't recommend you highly enough. Check them out. There's a great comic book series uh, from Jeff Smith, huh. the author, the author and, and uh, artist on on Bone, which is legendary. Yeah. For for comic nerds, 
he did a four issue miniseries called Shazam in the Justice in the in, in the Monster Society of Evil. That I think is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I think you can uh, you can read it on the DC Universe app. Should be on the DC Universe app. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the DC Universe app, but let's take let's take a time out. Sure. Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait for real. Say okay. Shazam. All right, we took a quick time out. Uh, Roger and I needed to use the powder room and uh, do a little cocaine. Yeah. I mean, cocaine. Sorry. <laughs> I don't do drugs. I just like the way they smell. <laughs> Any hoot. Uh, we also grabbed a new beer while we were up. Uh, what do we got? We got we got from our good friends at Coronado right now. Yeah, we got ourselves a Leisure Lagoon. Hey, now. Hey, Leisure Lagoon. Pay. Cody and Mike have been to the Leisure Lagoon. I think Mike <laughs> left his trunks behind, though, so be careful when you're in there. Yeah, you don't want to get caught up in those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this one's great. Super easy drinking. Uh, you know, not overpowering in any way only 5.5 percent so you know oh, i think it's 5.3 actually 5. Is it? uh no 5.5 i trust your eyes better than mine all right <laughs> yeah leisure lagoon nice hazy pale ale from our friends at coronado just down the street from the tom cave oh there you go i always have to have a brewery on hand wherever the tom cave goes <laughs> very nice <laughs> yeah i didn't realize they were that close yeah they they are and they're i love those people down there super super rad and if you haven't been recently, they have a kitchen, so you can go there, get some pizzas, get some sandwiches. Oh, nice. So, always need food when you're when you're consuming <laughs> beverages of these of this high quality nature. Very true. Uh, let me let me bring up one more thing on Shazam before we move on. Yeah, I, I know I know he's moving on, but I, there's one more thing I want to get, get into with Roger while I got the attention of a, of a, another fine gentleman who's seen the film. Yes, I again a quibble, <laughs> <laughs> but the Billy's. Billy discovering his powers uh-huh. and trying to like kind of like more or less profit from them or, yeah. or kind of be, be like an entertainer with them. <laughs> I feel like it might have gone on like a tad too long. Thoughts? I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, when it got to the point where he's like doing uh, lightning shows. With the, with the, the, with the Rocky music Rocky at, on the steps of the museum there. I, I felt like it might have been a bit too much there, like a little on the nose. Because like the other parts where he's like, you know, taking pictures with people. Oh, people usually pay me for that. You know, right, I thought right, it was right. kind of cute. It was like, OK, that's funny. That's like oh, he, he's not doing it really for money. A hundred percent because he, you know, he's letting them walk away with free pictures <laughs> so he's not like hey you gotta pay me but right he's not, he's not a jerk about it yeah but when he gets to you know actually doing <laughs> your guitar case out show kind of thing right 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 he's basically busking on the <laughs> so, so we should mention too also the, uh, the the film is set in Philadelphia yeah which I thought was an interesting choice yeah uh, what, one of my favorite things about, about the DC universe in the comics has always been the made up cities yeah that's true so uh, the the series that I mentioned that I read when I was when I was younger yes. uh, was set in in Fawcett City named a, a city made up and named after the previous publisher of the comic book Fawcett. Uh, yes. Yeah. So Fawcett City was where the was where everything happened. In uh, in in the New Fifty Two, they've set it in Philadelphia too. So yeah. I, I don't want to th- say that they've completely rocked the boat by doing this. Um, but it was one of those little touches. I was like, oh, that's I, I liked all the made up cities that DC had. <laughs> yeah. But. To that point, as someone who has been to the city of Philadelphia far too many times, yeah, <laughs> the I go back to the convenience store scene. Uh-huh. You want to add a nice little touch to that convenience store scene? You make it a Wawa. Uh, you make yeah. it a Wawa, and you own it. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, you never saw the name. So no. in our hearts, it was a Wawa. <laughs> it better be a Wawa. That's all I'm saying. What else could it be? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair point. Okay, so okay, we, we're we're transitioning. I guess I guess to sum up the film, I'd say we both give it a thumbs up, right? Yeah, definitely recommend it. A great family film. Um, what would you? What would be your your minimum acceptable age for a young child to go? Like, what would they have to be? Like seven and up, eight and up, six and up? You, you taking three year olds? What are you doing? I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty open minded about that kind of stuff, but I mean, there was nothing really explicit in the movie. Nothing explicit, but there there is some a there little was... darkness with with Savannah in particular. Like his origin is a little dark, and then when he has his powers and he's uh, dealing with his family, it's a little dark. Yeah. So I, those are probably the only scenes that you'd be a little concerned about. But yeah, yeah. What I, do you I think? mean, it would be really if you're worried more about like dark imagery and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If might be a little scary in some parts for some kids um but overall i mean the only like kind of like maybe reference on the side is when they're like walking out of the strip club to get free wings nothing is shown like it's literally the outside of the building right if the kid can read then he might want to ask it says gentleman's club it doesn't say like strippers here which is which is nice i suppose so i mean yeah it's it's not like if, if, you know, if your little dude knows that for any reason, he might ask questions. Yeah. But, uh, but that's literally the only scene that I can think of that was like, maybe you'd want him to be slightly older. But yeah, you know, I, I don't think there was much in there that I would keep them away. I mean, it's. As someone who's not a parent, <laughs> I offer, I would say eight and up is fine. Yeah. I generally. Mean, that's what the, I took. The seven deadly sins are. Menacing, but I don't think they're scary. Scary. No, like they had like the the creepy like booming voice, but yeah. that's that's about it. Yeah, they have red glowing eyes, but they're they're CG. They're animated. They're it's. I mean, I've seen I've seen scarier effects in my life. I'd say the worst scene was when they're attacking and the uh, the business office. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then that's when they're the, at their most menacing. Yeah, they, and that would probably be the scene where maybe you want to cover their eyes if you, if you if you're if, if they're young protective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but once they're fighting the Marvel, uh, the, the Shazam family. Yeah, it. I don't want to say they're comical, but like you're not as terrified. It's a little more cartoony for sure. Yeah, like it's, it's more of a comic book at that point. Yeah, because in, in the office part, you know, they they literally bite off a guy's head. You know, there's but no, you don't see it. There's no blood. There, you don't see that. You don't see blood. He gets thrown out the window immediately, so you don't see anything. So it's just kind of like yeah, you see it happen, but it's you know bloodless. So if you're okay with that, and the kids okay with that, then. I'm sure it's fine. Okay. All right. Oh, and a small a, a small nod because uh, those 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 scenes of, of the characters getting thrown out the window I thought were awesome. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> they looked really fun good. Part. Yeah, they did a nice job of that <laughs> just effect. Like, just throwing them out. Well, I mean, you have a superpower being thrown a, beer, a person through the window. Not only do they go through the window, they go kind of far out before yeah. they start to fall. Yeah, yeah, so that was, nice it was a touch. good effect. Yeah. I All right. That. So let's move on. We uh, again, thumbs up from us for Shazam. Take take the family, take the kids of appropriate age, and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, uh, we think you guys are all going to enjoy it. It's it's a good story. It's a heartwarming story. It's about family. It's about about connecting with people who are family, but you don't know their family just yet because yep. family's more than just blood. There you go. And I think that's an important thing to know nowadays. Like you know, our our uh, society is more diverse than ever. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some, some of the people I'm closest to aren't blood, but they're, they are my family too. So I there understand. Yeah. And, 
again, I, I was just I was just uh, back east visiting my father, mm-hmm. and uh, my friends back there, like, yeah, we're not blood, but we, like we're family. I love yeah. those guys so so very very much. Uh, so I, I can I can appreciate that message for sure. All right, now I'm going to turn it over to Roger because Roger is my not only my DC aficionado, but he is the master of the DC Universe channel slash yeah. app. <laughs> so what's going on with with this? What's what's happening? What's so the latest? So some of the newer stuff. Um, I don't know uh, if people have been catching up. So most recent shows, uh, Doom Patrol mm-hmm. is getting far along in there. To be honest, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. Uh, I've been kind of caught up with other shows right now. I just started with Titans fairly recently. Yeah. And I, I really like that first episode. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, 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 to binging the rest. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun. It's entertaining. It's a... Uh, it's a grittier take on it, but I don't think it's blasphemy like some people made no, it out and to be. The, the the fuck Batman line is way blown out of proportion. Oh yeah, like it, it was just out of context. Mm-hmm. Like it, many exactly, things tend to exactly. be. Exactly. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, Titans is on there. Young Justice first half of uh, the new season is on there. So that was really good. Uh, definitely recommend that one. So like I said, Doom Patrol is the the newest thing that they have out now. Uh, coming in May will be Swamp Thing. I can't wait for Swamp Thing. And yeah, I really, um, I really hope there's a Constantine reference. I'm thinking maybe not in the first season, but hopefully in the next one because that's where Constantine comes from. <sighs> if they if they do that, so, just uh, yeah, you you have my loyalty from there on out. Yeah, because I I think even uh, there was an interview with Matt Ryan, the actor that plays Constantine. Um, yeah, he had, the, he had the Constantine series, which is on the app. Yeah. And he's also playing Constantine on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which yeah. recently just returned to to Airwaves. Yeah, and he also does Constantine and all the uh, animated, animated movies. Animated, yeah. right. Yeah, nailed it. So, yeah, no, uh, he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, no, I'd really like to, you know, do a part on Swamp Thing if, if they would have me, you know. So he's he's definitely interested in the character, and that's one of the best things that I like about him. I was going to say, get, let me, let, let's give a shout-out to Matt Ryan because yeah. uh, it, it is – Rare, yeah, but also incredible to to find an actor who has embraced the character so deeply as yeah. he has with, with John Constantine. Yeah, no, it's great. He he nails the role like he's pretty much how I picture Constantine would be. You know, and if 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 I were a savvier tech person, I would figure out a way <laughs> to take the Keanu Reeves Constantine film and and superimpose him in it over uh, Keanu. That That's not as like the Keanu necessarily. I think the Constantine movie is fine. Yeah. It's just not... It's not Constantine. It's not my Hellblazer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely... It's it's a fun movie. Like, it's definitely a guilty pleasure, if anything. I think you you're know? right. I, I, I'll go back to that. Yeah, I, I would love to see Matt Ryan uh, uh, do a version a of, of Dangerous Habits, yeah. which is one of my favorite storylines of any comic book. Yeah. Uh, so. Not only is he diagnosed with cancer, but he figures out a way to trick the devil so that he doesn't die. Yeah, <laughs> so which is amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, any anything with Constantine is that much better. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so there's that coming up soon. Great, great, great. Um, and one of the biggest things, one of the biggest values that I think they're adding to it is that they're making it so all comics released a year prior to the current date are going to be available on the DC app. Meaning as of, you know, whatever date it is, for example, today, April 10th. So April 10th, 2019. So anything that was released... April 10th, 2018 and prior is available on the app in theory. Now, I don't know if, if they're releasing it in waves cause I'm sure that's a lot of content mm-hmm. to put out there. 
Um, I know they just added the Forever Evil stuff, which is great because I was like literally missing the last two issues <laughs> of that. So I'm finally going to get around to finishing that. Excellent. But uh, but yeah, no, I I saw that they added a bunch of stuff, and I was looking into it. And yeah, so they they added that. So, I mean, if you're not you know super worried about being up to date you know on the pulse of it and you're just kind of like oh i kind of want to see how this storyline went or oh you know what happened with forever evil or what happened with you know dark knights and you know all that stuff it's going to be available for you and that's going to be huge you know no i i'm excited about that we we we, we were talking uh, uh just prior to recording uh-huh. how i was using i used the app to to read that Shazam New Fifty Two yeah, yeah. Rebirth storyline, and it's it's missing chapters. Not yeah. not a lot of the chapters, but there's there's a couple that you're missing. And you're like, oh, all right, well, okay, yeah. I can fill in the blanks. Yeah, but it would have been nice to have like those two or three missing chapters just to kind of flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. So this is, I think, this is a great step in the right direction. And um, I, you know, I, as someone who is a uh, fan and a proponent of digital comics, uh-huh. I love that they're doing this more because I yeah. think. I think this is a big step because, you know, tra- traditional media, traditional print is is changing. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I don't know if I can fight it either. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of tough because you hear a lot of rumors here and there that, you know, the comics, physical printed comics might not exist anymore. Yeah, rumor, rumors from both, both, uh, both Disney and, and, and Warner Brothers that yeah. they're going to they're gonna cease publishing. Because and, it's just like it's just not worth it to them anymore. Yeah, it's just it's not making enough money. Not enough people are buying them, and they're pretty much spending more on making the comics than they're getting back. Yeah, and 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 let's be honest. I mean, comic books on a, on, a, on a weekly basis are expensive. They're roughly yeah. around four bucks a pop. Yeah, and if you're an uber nerd slash jerk like me, you want to buy as many as humanly possible and it yeah. gets expensive really, really quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to lay off the comics. They're like, you know, the, the paper crack, you know, you're just like every week it's like, all right, what's, what's, what's the new comic? You know, you're over here scratching. <laughs> well, no, and you're right. And I think that is, uh, that's a huge benefit to the app because yeah. if you're paying for the service for DC universe, yeah. you have access to a, an incredible library from the DC comics. But it's nice to know that now you can read something through uh-huh. and not necessarily, necessarily miss an issue. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm also a big fan of uh, of Comicsology.com yeah. for buying digital comics because they constantly have sales going on where you're oh, buying yeah. you know paperbacks that are normally twelve, fourteen, fifteen, up to twenty five dollars, yeah. and you're getting them for a fraction of that. Yeah. Which, cool, and it's even better. <laughs> it's digital, yeah. so it, it it's in the cloud. I don't have to like make space on a bookshelf or find some place to stash it in my apartment. I've run out of boxes and space to put those boxes. Exactly. <laughs> so. so I, you know, comics are are in an interesting period for sure. So yeah. I, you know, I don't want to see the format go away ever. No. Yeah. But it's it it's definitely be a transition. Blow. There's going to be a transition. Yeah. So yeah, no, I definitely think if if paper comics go away, it's going to be like the end of an era. You know, yeah. that's it's going to be crazy to to see that. You know, but my thoughts always been they need to figure out a way to make it so that those are cheaper again. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that's realistic. Yeah, because I mean, they started off super cheap and affordable. That that was the point. They were marketed towards kids. When I when I was buying comics, when I started buying comics initially in the nineties, they were a buck. Yeah, and then shortly after. I, I guess they got into a period when they were, uh, you know, on the cusp of going up. They went to a buck twenty-five. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, buck twenty-five. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. But here I am, you know, twenty plus years later, and I'm still the sucker shelling out like four bucks a month sometimes, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. what am I doing? 
sometimes five bucks for like a special edition. Special edition, and, and you're just like, again, Man. as much as I love Marvel, Marvel loves charging five, six, seven dollars sometimes for a special issue. Oh yeah, especially it sucks too because sometimes even at you know comic shops, if you don't have that thing like pre-ordered put aside, they'll be like, oh, this one that's that's a special cover. We're gonna sell it for a few bucks more. Right. I, I really hope over the summer I'll be able to get to uh, get together with my buddy Matthias, who owns a comic book store up in Vista. Oh, nice. And maybe he can kind of like shed some light on some stuff. Maybe you and I should go up together and hang out with him. That would be cool. That'd I would be definitely fun. be down for get, that. Get some insights into into like what's going on in 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 the industry. Yeah, because you know you gotta you gotta think that they're kind of like feeling these vibes, seeing where the industry's going, and they gotta be planning for it. Otherwise, yeah. they're all gonna tank. No, and you know what? I, I love comic book stores, but yeah. uh, it's it is a that is a tough business right now. Yeah, yeah. I but it. a lot of comic book stores that I go to now are are multifaceted. Yeah, you know, definitely. Lot, like, you know, embracing like the games and uh, yeah. uh, card games are so big. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's magic necessarily, but it's, it's something. <laughs> something. Yeah, there's always tournaments going on at the places that do sell comics nowadays. Yeah, that's probably. And there's also like a ton of toys. There's a lot of collectors' items. Collectibles seem to be the way yeah. that they're going towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I went go to like you know comics and stuff you know just the local ones here and you're just like oh yeah they're definitely like comics are almost like put just onto the side mm-hmm. and you have all the collectibles taken on the floor that are selling t-shirts they're selling lightsabers yeah. and action figures you're just like yeah this is kind of the way you need to go because i'm gonna get the name of the store wrong but there's a place over in it's del cerro over in del cerro off the off the eight kind of close to san diego state university okay um and it's either like TG Rockets or RJ Rockets, something Rockets. I, I think I know what you're and talking it's, about. It's yeah. a it's a fantastic store in the sense that they have a a great selection of new comics. Uh-huh. They have a great selection of back issue comics, but they have a fuck ton of toys. They have yeah. a fuck ton of Funko Pops. Yeah, and and not just like new Funko Pops. They have like the collectible ones. They have chases. They have variants. They have yeah. uh, convention exclusives. Um, but they also have a huge gaming area. Oh, for the man. people who want to play, I, I don't know if it's, like I said, I don't know if it's all card games or tabletop games, yeah. but it's 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 a wonderful environment. There's always a ton of people in there. I think it's definitely a good idea for them to move towards that too, mm-hmm. because you know the the guys that play stuff like you know Magic or like Warhammer, or all those you know tabletop either card or physical things, they need a place to do that, you yeah. know. And if you can get you know a bunch of tables, have people come in there, play their stuff. They're going to buy the stuff on your walls, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to support that. You know, either, you know, you don't have to charge them to be there, but just having that stuff around for them. I mean, at least you hope they are. That's, yeah, I, right? I think that's the hope. Yeah. I mean, especially for, like, those kind of things, because there's always new expansions, mm-hmm. new cars, new new stuff. And if you just kind of keep that available, they're going to come to you, especially if, you know, maybe yeah. you cut the prices a little bit for people that are, like, members or something that are you know, regulars. So I, I tend to go in there on off days and I'll be yeah. honest, I've been a little concerned <laughs> in the sense that when I walk around the, in the new comics section, yeah, I'm the only guy there. Yeah. And I was like, but again, I, I, I tend to put that off as like, okay, I'm in here on like a Sunday at like four o'clock. True. Uh, <laughs> so may, that hopefully it's a slower day yeah. for, for new release comics. I still, I feel like with comic books in particular, new release day has always been the big day. Yeah, and then oh, you, yeah. But, then, but then you get pretty steady traffic uh, Thursday, Friday, and probably Saturday too. Yeah. But by Sunday, people probably have their books by now. At least the, yeah. the, the diehards do. Yeah, and they're already like moving stuff off the shelves to the backlogs. Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, oh man, I remember those days too vividly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. I, I, it's like, I do miss just going out there and getting comics, but it's just, it got too pricey, it's you know? It's too pricey. It's un, it's unfortunate. I, I, I go on, like I said, I, I'll reference it again. I, uh, Comixology is not a sponsor, but I will be happy if they want to sponsor the show because I'm an uber supporter of <laughs> Comixology because, yeah. A, not only do I wait around for awesome sales yeah. where the things are like 99 cents or, or you, you can get a collection. Uh, right now they have a Green Lantern collection that's like, 14, 15 comics for six bucks. Nice. That's a deal. That's I'll a take steal. that. Yeah. Um, but I don't have, because I don't have a, vis- a physical copy, I don't yeah. have to worry about finding a place to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than just like, you know, whipping out my iPad at work and just being like, oh, I'm on my break. All right, let's flip through this. You know? But, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of, you know, DC Universe adding that backlog because it means that I'll get to catch up on all these series that I had to like let go a long time mm-hmm. ago, you know, because. I just couldn't keep up with it. And the way the comic world works is like everything, every few weeks is a crossover and you're like, Oh, I got to buy these other issues to find out what happened. And I don't buy this one or this one, but I have to get it this week. You know, uh, I, I, I hate casting his versions against Marvel, but Marvel in their, uh, fetish for event comics is one of the reasons why I buy so few comics from them yeah. nowadays, because I just was like, I can't, <laughs> handle these books that are like oh cool i just want to read daredevil yeah but now i gotta read 45 other books to know what the fuck's going on in the marvel universe and i don't care yeah that's that's the worst part when it's like your issue in like your regular weekly series is now oh but this is actually issue three of these other four and you're like well shoot you know i don't normally buy these uh it got to a point where like i was literally buying every comic of you know the bat family so, you know, I had oh, Super I, I, Sons, I played that game too. Detective Comics, Batman. Oh, Night see, I, I played this game before, pr- prior to New 52, when it was yeah. like, it was it was Batman, it was Detective, it was Shadow of the Bat, it was Legends of the Dark Knight, you know, and, yeah. you know, and especially when they were doing storylines like like, uh, like Cataclysm and No Man's Land, when yeah. you had to have all of them. Yeah, to and know these what was were up. like, they were epic things, yeah. and it's like, well, I, I gotta stay caught up, you know, I wanna yeah. be on the pulse. Remember when they had the whole, like, uh, what was it? the Batman Eternal series that was like a new oh, comic shit. every week every for week. the entire it was year. Weekly, yeah. And you know, that was like, oh man, I got to get this one. And then they had Batman and Robin Eternal. I'm like, okay, we're doing this too. And at the same time they were doing like Future's End, which was another weekly series. You know, it was funny when, when DC was doing that, when they were doing like the weekly comic series, which yeah. uh, it, it's, it's a great idea, but it's insanely hard to execute. Oh yeah. And uh, the, the, the best example of it, I mean the, the finest example of, of weekly comics is from DC uh-huh. with with the first one they did, which was the the fifty two, where it's fifty two issues over fifty two yep. weeks, and it was of a period of basically the DC universe in transition. Uh-huh. You know, there was no Batman, there was no Superman going on. I, I think Wonder Woman, the, the entire Trinity was laying low, like they were kind of like taking a year to themselves or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and which I thought was weird, but yeah. it resulted in some really great storylines. Yeah, yeah. And and that's where you got like some really fantastic stuff with Black Adam, where you got some really fantastic stuff with Booster Gold, oh, um, Booster Gold, Elongated Man, yeah. uh, Ralph Dibney, who's on Flash this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, really great characters. Uh, really, I'm sorry, really great stories with with a lot of characters who were kind of considered B grade characters, maybe even C grade, depending on who you are. Give them a time to shine. And give, I think give them a little spotlight. A little love. That's really important too. I mean, when you have such a backlog of characters like you know DC or Marvel, you got to let these like you know B or C tier characters really come forward and i think like the comics that really get those characters to shine are some of the best yeah i think you're right uh but i think it's probably time to wrap it up what do you think 
I think so. We could probably ramble on oh, yeah. about the DC and Marvel Universe for comic book stuff for a long time. <laughs> but, but I think we hit on everything on the heavy one and two with, the, with, the, with talking about the uh, Shazam film. Yep. Again, we're fans. Yes. Check it out. You can tell us you're wrong, but we don't care. Because <laughs> uh, I think we're going to stand by our, our choices here, our, our opinions. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty pretty grounded. Yeah, it's it's again. I wasn't me personally. It wasn't. I, I was not like overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, I, I wasn't a blown flick. away, but I yeah. definitely enjoyed it. It's a good flick. Yeah. And I again, I think. And now, granted, I might be a little tainted too because I think everything has a, a really hard measuring stick right now because I'm I am constantly comparing things to to Avengers. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it's a, a little unfair one. on my part because I'm just like the stakes aren't high enough. No one got blinked out of existence. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, maybe maybe to be a little more fair, we could compare it to Captain Marvel. <laughs> and in that regard, I would say it's definitely on par. You want to go Captain Marvel or Captain Marvel right now? <laughs> We're going back to the beginning of the episode. I love it. Funnily enough, the actor that plays... Funnily the, enough! Yes, we're adding this to the English vocabulary. Webster, <laughs> listen up. Um, yeah, I was thinking the... Uh, I, was, I was seeing like memes and stuff about the actor that plays the wizard in Oh, Shazam. yeah, who's, who's also in, in Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> like and I, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and I, I saw that meme. It was like... They were saying like, you know what? I'm gonna be in captain marvel i don't care which one it is and yeah he, he's making that he's That's making fine. money on both sides. own it yeah own it i love he's it he's owning it he, he's a good actor i like he's him. a good actor i like seeing him and stuff i was delighted to see him as the wizard i wasn't sure yeah. he was playing the wizard i didn't do yeah no a deep dive on the casting for this film i feel like even in the trailer i didn't realize it was him no because I, I think like you it, just kind of see the side you of his face like, the, the like a silhouette almost yeah. yeah no so he was fantastic um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but it's a, a, a was it Jaimon Hinsu? I think so. Um, I butchered that. I'm I'm sorry. You're a <laughs> wonderful actor. I love seeing you and stuff. You're you're fantastic. Keep making that comic book money. Oh, please. <laughs> let and let Roger and I make some of that comic book money too, because we need to pay for this podcast. But we'll get there. We'll figure it out, guys. Don't worry. Feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> we love you guys. I will. I will read all the commercials. Let's do this. Where's Quip? Let's do those quip commercials. You know, you like toothbrushes. I like toothbrushes. Everyone likes toothbrushes. Come on, quip. Audible. I'm a big fan of Audible. We like Audible. Uh, what is there? Dollar Shave Club. MeUndies. Anybody. We're here, guys. Come on. Oh, yeah. We're here. You can find me. I'm on the social medias. We Roger, you're on the social medias. We're all here. You're on. You're at XOMEGA Gold on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. I am, I am on something. I am uh, at the TomCast. <laughs> underscore podcast on Instagram. I am at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening, for indulging Roger and I as we have kind of kind of rambled here towards the end as we got on a little bit of a comic book kick, but I'm not mad about it at all. <laughs> so you're, I'm going to make sure it stays in the episode. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's just, yeah, let's wrap it up. I don't know what we're going to do next. I, I would imagine we'll, we'll try sneaking Hellboy. Because Hellboy comes out this this coming Friday. Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, really soon. So, so yeah, probably immediate plans will be Hellboy next, and then we'll. Uh, I don't. I have not firmed up plans for Avengers. I know Mark wants to come back and talk about new Avengers, the new the new Avengers film. Well, maybe we should like Avenger up and just get everybody together and do. Perhaps we should assemble <laughs> and yes. check out Avengers together. That would what? be great. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. But yeah, new episodes are coming. We're, we're gonna. I'm going to try and ramp things up as much as I can. Uh, school is in its final phases for the semester. 
so bear with me. But there's a lot happening in pop culture, and I want to make sure that that all you guys who, who guys and gals who listen to the show are 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 enjoying us as all these things are happening. So I'm, I'm going to try and keep the content coming. And then once summer hits, it's going to be Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, and not the Fast and the Furious movies. Just like I'm going to make sure you guys have content. I'm going to keep. Are you not entertained? <laughs> that will be the goal of, of the summertime. There we go. All right. So for 3BZ Presents, the TomCast podcast, my name is Tom. I am Roger. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you. Well, we won't see you. But hit us up on the, on the social medias, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening. You guys take care. Love each other. Be good to each other. And, uh, uh, you know, just be, be rad. Be, be the rad people that you are. Bye. Oh, hey. What's up? I'm a superhero. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champion.